we can really zero in and be like, oh yeah, this is my clear next step based on where I'm being called to go. And like, that's all I have to focus on. And I know that because I took the time to listen and I know that I can do it because I have the space in my life to take those actions. You're listening to Creatives Making Money, the podcast for creatives who are on a mission to do the work they feel most called to do and make some money while they do it. This is a show for the makers, the dreamers, the doers, the creators, the artists, the crazy ones, and the ones who are determined to consciously build the life and career of their dreams. Here, we don't just believe in getting your dream job, we believe in creating it. So what does creative success even look like? How do we live a fully expressed, abundant AF life? That's precisely what we're here to find out. My mission with Creatives Making Money is to conduct 100 interviews with successful creatives and those who love and support them about money, career, and the process of making and doing what they most love, including all of the ups, downs, and in-betweens. I'm your host, Jamie Jensen, writer, storyteller, filmmaker, serial entrepreneur, and shameless creator. No matter where you are in your creative and financial journey, I'm here to help you create like you mean it. Hello and welcome to the Creatives Making Money podcast. I'm your host, Jamie Jensen, and today I am so thrilled to have the beautiful and lovely and brilliant Alison Braun with me. Alison Braun is a good friend of mine. I have worked with her personally um, both ways. (laughs) That sounded really sexual and that was not the intention. Let me proceed to introduce Alison. Allison is affectionately known as the Queen of Ease. She's the founder of the Business Pleasure Map, which I cannot recommend highly enough. It's such an incredible system that she's created in that program. She's also the founder of Clarity to Clients. And one of the things I'm most excited to chat with her about today, something called the Living Richly Framework. As an international business and life success coach, Allison helps her impact-driven but tapped-out clients expand to their next level of fulfilling success with more ease and joy without pushing or hustling. When she's not helping her gifted clients shift their perspective on money, hey yo, can't wait to talk about all that stuff today, and freedom who doesn't like talking about freedom too, um, or creating their next best-selling program, you can find her splashing in water, drinking espresso and writing, or making potions with crystals and essential oils. And fun fact, she actually just sent me one of her magical, rich essential oils potions, and I received it this week, and I'm so excited about it. Hi, Allison. Oh, hello. Thanks for being with us today. <laughs> I like that that we work together both ways. Yeah, I was like, wait, we go both ways. Okay, whatever. We'll just let that lie. <laughs> I'm into it. Like that's a different podcast, but we could go there today if we wanted to. <laughs> you never know these days. You never know. It's true. No judgment. Mm-hmm. We're all creatures of... I don't know what I'm saying. Um, there was like almost a joke that was about to happen. And then it, I just, I gave up. I gave up. I'm just going to let that, ha- I'm just going to let that one slide. <laughs> so I'm like, I can't even explain how 
pumped up I am to chat with you about all the different ways that you work with clients around money. Um, Often on this podcast, what's been coming up a lot with other guests is like their money stories and just all kinds of things. And it's fascinating. And I'm so excited to dive deep with you today. Yeah, I'm really looking forward to it as well. I think it's such an important topic that, especially for creatives, (laughs) to, to really get super cozy with. Mm-hmm. Agreed. So let's just like rewind in your life for a minute and start at the beginning. <laughs> Do you have like, what is your earliest childhood memory um, around money? Do you have any, any memory that stands out around? Um, yeah, just like being around money, being around money with your parents, like your first, your first like allowance or your first job as a, as like a, you know, as a young child, anything like that. There's a couple that stand out to me and they're all thankfully very positive um, from when I was really young. Um, The one that stands out the most is when I was, I don't know, maybe like six or so. Um, my parents bought me this little blue safe and I just like, I would put my pennies in there and my dimes and my nickels. And there was a special slot for like my special $2 bills cause Canada. And I just remember having so much fun playing with it and managing my wealth of money as a, I don't know six-year-old-ish year (laughs) child. And um, one of the other ones is overhearing my dad and my grandpa talk about money at my grandparents' place. It was like my, my dad and my grandpa were always the one that were talking about money and investments and business stuff. And it just really interested me that it was just the men talking about it, not the women so much. And I always wanted to be a part of that conversation. So I would just like sit close to them and listen. And those are the two that really stand out to me the most. What is it, what did, how did it make you feel? Well, like, how do you recall even noticing? Um, And I'm curious, like, if you can, if you can recall or recognize a feeling around that recognition that the men were having this conversation and the women weren't. Hmm. That's a really cool thing to explore because it's, it's not something that I think I've thought about a lot, but I'm sure has influenced me. Uh, and I, and I'm sure on some subconscious level has really driven me to make sure that money is a big part of the conversation for women and my clients. And I don't think it, it ever really bothered me necessarily that it was just, the men speaking about it, but I remember feeling like, why am I not a part, like, listen to me, like, well, this was more so as I got older, especially like in my teenage years and and beyond, like, listen to me, like, I I have something to add to this conversation, or I have questions to ask, like, why can't I be a part of this conversation? And, and so as I got older, I can remember feeling a little bit more like, like, shaking about this, like, why are you not listening to me? Um, and, and letting me be a part of this conversation. So that, that's really the only thing that stands out 
around that. I can't really recall any feelings that I had about it when I was younger. I think I just found it interesting. Like I was curious about why that was and, and I felt really motivated as I got older to change that. So what I really want to ask is, did you feel like you weren't you like when you tried to speak up around money or when you had something to contribute that you weren't heard? Like where the, can you recall like memories of that? Because from what you're saying, it sounds like, um, like there was kind of a pattern of feeling like you weren't really like accepted into the conversation or that you weren't really allowed to participate as much as you wanted to. Um, so I'm curious if that's like, yeah. That's <laughs> just the story of my life, Jamie. Um, <laughs> I don't think it was necessarily just this conversation that I felt like I wasn't heard or invited into. There was a lot of different things around speaking up and speaking out, as you know, um, in my life, that that was a pattern and a theme. So this definitely wasn't the only area, but it is an area that I noticed that feeling of like why, like, why aren't they asking me questions? Like, why aren't they sharing things with me? Why are they not inviting me into this conversation? Mm. I'm curious, like, what you think that taught you? One, uh, I think I've known as a projector, for anyone who follows human design, from a fairly young age, that I the invitation is very important to me. And... If I don't wait for the invitation, things don't go how I want them to go anyway. So I definitely learned that, um, which has been really helpful as I've built my own business. And, and I've also learned, I think I also really learned that I'm the only, I'm the only one that can take the initiative here to learn about this stuff. Like I can't expect anyone else to approach me and teach me all the things and relay all the, the information. So I have to be willing to take initiative and, and find it and create it for myself. What does that look like for you? (laughs) Having a lot of fun with money actually. Mm. Um, I've, I actually have been paying a lot of attention to this today in particular, um, where every, every business that I've ever created, the, the really solid theme is around designing things how I really want them to be. And, and so my, my dad and my grandpa were always talking in like this little living room on the couch. And it was like, usually kind of like dim and dark. And, and it was always like a, a, it was casual, but serious at the same time. Like it was certainly never a fun conversation that they were having, or it didn't appear that they were having fun. And so for me, coming back to like that idea of this little safe, I've just been really motivated to let money be really fun and, and really claiming that I can make my relationship with money feel however I want and and it might it might as well be fun so i think that was also like maybe if i had have been invited into those conversations i would have been more serious about money and maybe i wouldn't have taken as much charge as as creating that own my own relationship with it how i wanted it to be what do you think is the big benefit of having fun with money 
Well, I don't know. I'm not a fact finder, so I don't know the statistics specifically on this, but I think it's safe to say that money is probably one of the biggest stress causers in people's lives, period. And, and so having fun with what is typically the biggest stress just means that I'm a far less stressed person. And as a far less stressed person, I'm able to do a lot more with a lot more ease. And, and that fun just carries on to everything else. I also feel like um, it's hard to attract what we really want. It's hard to be a magnet for what we really want if we, especially around money, um, if we are really stressed about it. So because I'm having fun with it, I feel like I'm a really strong magnet for bringing it in with a lot more ease and fun. Like it just, it flows with a lot more ease and I create it in ways that are fun. I bring it in in ways that are fun. So I think there's a variety of reasons why that's an absolute huge benefit because I mean, nobody likes to be stressed. That's just not, that's just not helpful in any way. It's funny because as you know, I so agree that the more fun you're having, like the more you're going to attract. I feel like the best metaphor to explain that is like when you're dating and you're, and someone comes off really desperate <laughs> and it's like, it's like the most unattractive repellent thing. Mm-hmm. Like turn off to like a, to a partner to, to just be like, Oh my God, I'm so desperate. Like, well, they just came off kind of desperate. And I think that when we approach money with that feeling of desperation, it like runs away from us. Like, Oh, maybe I'm going to swipe the other direction on this one. <laughs> yeah. I'm pretty sure back in my bedroom joyology days, I wrote an article about how desperation is like the most repelling, um, energy. So I 110% agree with that. It is not appealing to anyone, including money. So just getting like practical with the concept of like blending money with fun or having fun with money um, or like making sure that we're earning in a way that's fun or, you know, receiving money in a way that like is fun for us. What are some ways that you would tell someone like, here's how you could start having more fun, you know, with money. Hmm. Well, you know this about me, Jamie, and anyone who works with me knows this. I ask a lot of questions. And, and so I feel like that's really helpful because each person may have a slightly different path as to what quote unquote fun or enjoyment looks like with money. Um, what's fun for me may not be fun for someone else. Just like what's sexy for someone might not be sexy for someone else. Um, That being said, so just know like there's a variety of different ways that this could come through and it's, it's not a one size fits all scenario. Um, Some of the things that, that I are just very simple is like, okay, like, asking the asking your your own self the question like what would make this more fun this being um budgeting this being or i don't like the word budgeting period but um doing your accounting doing your taxes creating a new offering and discerning what the prices are going into client attraction activities like anything that relates to money 
period, it's like, okay, like, great. How could I bring more fun into this? How could I bring more ease into this? And really trusting the answer that comes up, which taps into the concept of intuition a little bit. But I, I do feel like we all have access to those immediate answers if we allow ourselves the space to listen to them and to ask them in the first place. And so maybe it's like, okay, go sit outside on your deck while you do this or um, go out dancing and then come back to this like client attraction activity put on your favorite music. Um, there's like literally millions of possibilities of what could make things more fun and more easeful for you. But I think the best um, advice that I can give and really stand by is asking yourself that question. Like what would make this more fun? What would make this more easeful? Or uh, another question would be what, like how am I making this harder than it needs to be? And why? If you want to go really deep. That's my favorite question. (laughs) (laughs) It's funny when you like when, when you're someone who has the ability to like see things for people, like the psychic intuitive piece and the energy piece, when you can like literally see that, that they're making their path harder than it has to be. Mm -hmm. And you're just like, Oh, there's like a shortcut. There's like a simpler way but I feel like you're making this hard because you have to for some reason. Like there's some program or reason or self-belief that's making you make it harder, right? Yep. That's, I mean, if I could distill my work to one nugget, that's really it. It's like, I can see it and I'm just going to help you find that answer on your own in a very subtle way so that you can really actually deal with it. Mm. I'm curious to hear more about um, specifically, how do you, how do you, and we can kind of go back in time for this as well. Just hop in our little creators making money time machine and boop, boop, boop. (laughs) (laughs) How did you see your relationship with money changing and transforming? Like as you became a business owner and kind of started um, that path. Mm. I always, so before, before starting my own business, I saw myself as being really good with money, really creative with money. And um, I I saw myself as someone who could do a lot with a little. I mean, I I worked at some point three jobs so that I could go traveling. And I also like ended up backpacking around the world for a year on, I think, $6,000-ish, including a $2,000 flight. So I just like, I really saw myself as like, I'm the best with money and I can do so much with so little. And as my early on in my business, I think that was really, really helpful because I didn't have a ton of resources. It was, you know, like most new business owners, unless you somehow have a ton of access to other money, um, you, you have to do a lot with a little. So that was really beneficial. And I've actually noticed more growth um, recently, like over the last, I would say three years, as I started to make more money than I ever thought I ever even wanted. Um, That's when I had to start (laughs) moving through like new layers of belief systems, because now I had more access to more money. And um, 
it was like, okay, like how can I continue bringing fun into managing larger amounts and more moving pieces and having a corporation and my own personal finances and, and just like navigating a lot more pieces than I'd ever had to navigate and keeping that fun and enjoyable. So I would say that's, it was like around that point when I had reached all my big dreams and goals and it was like, Oh, okay. Like now I have to like create this new identity of who I am and move through these new layers of belief systems because my old ones are no longer like they no longer apply. What was the biggest shift for you or lesson around going through that? If I'm being really honest as as someone that does a lot of work around worthiness and enoughness and has for the last seven years, I would say it really came down to looking at the next layer of that for myself and like really seeing as like, Oh, how can, how am I enough? How am I worthy? Or how can I see myself as enough and worthy for this, this next level of success, this next level of financial success and enjoyment? Um, when it's something that's like beyond what I could have ever imagined. So I think it was just like really seeing and moving through someone who like saw herself as being enough and worthy and then having to move through the next layer and and recognizing that there's always a next layer, which I've, I've, as I think most of us in this personal growth realm, um, have experiences like, yeah, there is always another layer and I've experienced that in a lot of other areas. And so this was just like, oh yeah, of, co- of course it's going to show up here. Like why wouldn't it? I want to talk about how living richly came about. Like how mm-hmm. did, I want to circle around to like your unique framework. Um, and actually I'm interested to talk about a lot of the programs you've created because I feel like they all are born from the same desire to help people truly create a business that feels good to them, (laughs) Mm -hmm. like isn't used as another self-torture device in their life. (laughs) True. Right? (laughs) Right? Um, So I'd love to hear, you know, I mean, if you want to talk about what inspired you to create the business pleasure map, um, that would be interesting to hear about as well. But just, you know, if there's a bit of evolution between business pleasure map and kind of how that all transformed into ultimately this like amazing framework that you've created, I'm sure I'd love to hear it. And our listeners would love to hear too. Yeah, I think it makes the most sense to start with the business pleasure map because that may give a little bit of context to the history of like how it's been born and how it's actually been existing for probably a very long time. But now it's just in a new deeper iteration. So the business pleasure map um, was created based off of me actually being able to start my first online business. I had dabbled in other like energy healing and natural health consulting businesses offline that were giant flops, so to speak. Um, But my first online business was a a really great success. And I believe that in part that is because I created it from the very first moment, exactly how I wanted it to be. I didn't like just wait to see what was going to happen and and then like course correct as I went along it was like no this is like what I want my days to look like this is how much money I need 
like, this is what my life looks like. This is how much it's going to cost. And this is how many hours I want to be working with these types of people this frequently. This is what I need to charge to make that happen. And I'm going to, I just created everything from that point of view right off the bat. And all of that based on my core values as well. Um, in the business pleasure map, I refer to um, pleasure points and letting those pleasure points be how you discern um, making decisions as different opportunities and things show up. And, and I, I saw so many people and still do to this day, so many people feeling stressed, overwhelmed, unhappy, and, and that all of those things can happen for a variety of different reasons, some of them out of our control, some of them within our control. And so I wanted to make sure that I was helping as many people um, set themselves up for success, set up a foundation for success and for really enjoying the whole journey and living the life that they really want to live through the, you know, and having the business support that ultimately, um, rather than just creating another job and creating something that was making them work more than they needed to. I'm all about efficiency and ease. And to me, ease is efficiency. It's like making sure that we're not working harder than we need to for things that we maybe don't even necessarily want. And so the more clear we can be on these things, the more we can really intentionally focus our energy on that and create exactly what we want as much as possible. Um, so it's, and it's really, once again, about that design, like anyone in the creative realm or online business realm or business period, you know what it's like to look and see other people creating these things. And sometimes it's easy to get caught up in that. It's like, oh, do I want that? Should I want that? Um, why don't I have that? And I think it's really important to over and over and over again, distill our own true desires. Like what do we really want and why do we want it? And <clears throat> build our, not only our business, but our lives from that perspective. So that's where the business pleasure map really started is just looking at my framework that I had built my business based off of and, and then helping others do the same, it, really creating their own framework <laughs> for, for their business and life. So that's the business pleasure map. Um, do you have any follow-up questions on that part specifically? Was that clear, Jamie? Super clear. Super, super clear. Super clear. Tell us about living richly. All right. So, so delicious. <laughs> the, the business pleasure map has been existing for, well, I've been doing it for myself and clients for seven years. And, and now, seven years later, uh, living richly has been born. And this is basically taking that a step deeper. Um, to me, living richly means a lot of different things and it can mean a lot of different things to other people. But um, just to give some context for that in particular, um, to me, living richly is like rich spirituality, rich relationships, rich health, rich purpose, um, rich contribution to the world. And, and rich lifestyle. So it's very holistic. Um, holistic health is my background. It's something that weaves into everything that I do. So it's not just about being rich financially. That's like such a small piece of the puzzle. Um, but it is, it is something that affects everything. 
if it's out of bounds or out of whack. And to me, living richly is also deeply knowing that you can feel rich no matter what, that you can enjoy the whole journey, that you don't have to wait until when, like you don't have to wait until you look a certain way. You don't have to wait until you've hit a certain goal. You don't have to wait for some external thing in order to enjoy yourself and that you can be both financially successful and deeply fulfilled and living in purpose. So that's, those are my value systems and, and that's really the, the base of living richly. And the framework itself um, has been created from the last seven years of working with primarily women, but I'll say humans, working with humans and, and seeing that the biggest things that hold us back from living richly are not fully expressing ourselves because we don't feel safe in some way to do that or we don't feel worthy or enough. Um, in some capacity. And so um, in the rich framework, we look at doing research on what those belief systems are that hold us back from fully expressing ourselves and living richly, um, and also researching and redefining what success means to us and what living richly does mean to us as an individual. And then creating new identities that support that integrating it into our core, also known as embodiment, and then letting ourselves actually receive and have everything that exists in our lives already, and therefore opening ourselves up to more. Do, your, do you see in your clients that they like have more than they're letting themselves feel they have already? Like when someone comes to work with you, are you typically like, oh yeah, um, it's, I can see why externally you wouldn't feel a specific way um, versus being like, this woman really has it all and she's not feeling it. <laughs> the majority of the time they have, they have so much. I mean, in all fairness, the majority of us do if we're listening on the internet uh, or on our phones or whatever, it's like pretty likely we're, we're doing okay. Um, but e even more so than that, the majority of my clients are very successful and they do have, they do have a lot. They have created amazing, amazing things in their lives. And there's aspects of themselves that are not letting themselves really enjoy it and receive it and have it, um, without guilt, without shame. Um, and and so that's, that's primarily what I see. Occasionally there's people that come into um, my more entry level programs that it's like, oh yeah, like I can see um, based on your history why you may not feel rich, but that's actually really rare. Often the people that stereotypically have less, like I say stereotypically in the sense of like what we would consider to be like physical things in our lives. Um, they're often the ones that are, are able and willing to feel more and, and let themselves recognize what they do have. But there's exceptions to both of those rules. That's for sure. Mm. How would someone know if they're living richly or not? <laughs> that's, that's a really easy question. Um, an identifier. I think 
there's a there's a certain quality and texture um, to the feeling of rich. So when I think of the word rich, I the word texture really comes up. Like there's just this this very full feeling. Like every part of my body just feels very nourished. Um, for me, luxury is a personal connection that I have with that word. It may not resonate with everyone, but I think. I think there's just like an, a feeling that we can really associate with being like, oh, I am, I'm not for anything. Like, even though I have big goals and there's certain things that I know I'm being called towards to like create, to do, to be, to make. Um, and I probably always will have that longing for more because I, I and we are, are driven by growth. Um, there's also a simultaneous feeling of like, I have everything I could ever want in my life. Like I've got this amazing family, friends, I have a, this home that I'm living in, I'm able to travel, um, whatever it is that's important to us and just like really letting that be felt. It's not just like, oh, I'm going to write quickly jot down my 10 gratitudes today so that I can manifest what's next. It's like, no, like, you can, you actually feel that gratitude. You like, sometimes there might be tears of gratitude or tears of joy that come to you because you're just so present in everything that you have. And, and that's not to say that that feeling is always there 24 hours a day, but it's something that feels present. And so I think, honestly, I think we're all rich, but it's just a matter of you would know if you're living richly, if you're allowing yourself to be present to that fact. It sounds like, like taking the space and kind of ritualizing, like taking the time to even appreciate what we already have is such a necessary component of this process. Mm -hmm. Yeah. I was having a conversation with one of my coffee shop acquaintances. There's this, um, this fellow that I see working and, and sometimes we'll be at like the airport at the same time. Anyways, we see each other all the time. And the other day we were at this coffee shop and he was mentioning like his, a friend of his was suggesting that he meditates. And I was like, well, how, how long ago was this? He's like years ago. <laughs> I was like, well, are you, are you doing it? And like uh not really and we got in this conversation about spaciousness and and why I feel like it's so important and undervalued just like ease is really undervalued and um, we're we're in this society that that currently values um, doing and working hard and all of these things that are busy <laughs> really like where we're just like it's it's the glorification of busy. And I feel like spaciousness, whether that's like 30 seconds of just closing your eyes and breathing or taking a day completely off to play with your family or 10 minutes in the morning to meditate or just like I do 10 minute lay flat sessions where for 10 minutes, I just let myself lay down and let my mind wander. Um, I think spaciousness is where we can really receive the most impactful wisdom that's going to make our lives 
the the richest in richest financially um, richest in our relationships richest in every capacity because when we have that space to ask great questions and really hear the answer and take action on them um, that's when we can be more efficient and instead of like running around like <laughs> a bunch of different squirrels um, we can we can really zero in and be like, oh yeah, this is my clear next step based on where I'm being called to go. And like, that's all I have to focus on. And I know that because I took the time to listen and I know that I can do it because I have the space in my life to take those actions. I love that. Um, circling back to the idea of identities, because that's something that we've touched on a couple times thus far in our conversation. Um, I'd love to know if you consider yourself a quote unquote creative. Mm. Probably more so now than ever before. I definitely did not associate as a creative as I was getting my business started and for the first several years. Um, I would consider the majority of the people that I spend the most of my time with and it, that I'm best friends with as creatives and myself less so. Um, but as I've really zeroed in on my love of writing um, and, and, and redefining what creative means, ultimately, um, now I do, I would be open to considering myself a creative Interesting. What do you think has held you back from seeing yourself that way in the past? I guess for me, um, I had put creative in a box that meant like um, an artist. I really associated, you know, a creative as being someone who makes, <laughs> who makes like beautiful things physically, like whether it's a painting or a sculpture or a poem or a book or um, a screenplay like, or a photography. So I saw it as all of these, these kind of other things that had nothing to do with, you know, strategy or sexuality coaching or business coaching or any of this stuff. And, and now I'm just like, Oh yeah, like I'm creative every moment of every day. Like, yeah, of course I'm a creative. Um, it just doesn't look the way that I used to think that it looked. So I would say it was just that I had put creativity in a box of what that meant. Yeah, because knowing you, you're 100 creative. <laughs> <laughs> I created a lot of things. Yeah, like you're, you've created all these programs and the framework and like just tons more. I know you're working on like a couple books and um, I mean, this is like a short list of things that you've created because <laughs> there's clearly lots more, but I just find it interesting because I think it's an important conversation to have around like defining what being creative means and kind of giving, giving ourselves permissions as human beings to expand, to expand that box um, of like what's quote unquote allowed to live there and letting ourselves really live into that and explore what's possible. Right. Absolutely. I think it's natural for us to create definitions of, of who we are and things that we aren't in our lives. Like that's just happening at all times. We're creating these identities. And I think it's important that if that's happening anyways, we, 
we actually be consciously aware of it and do some research around those things so that we can uh, alleviate the boxes that are no longer serving us that we've put ourselves in. Mm-hmm. <laughs> so <laughs> I kind of just want to, I want to make sure that we're addressing um, anyone in the audience who might be feeling like this all sounds great, but like I'm broke. <laughs> I'm broke AF. Uh, struggling to find clients, to start a new business, to find a job, to find a way to finance my creative pursuits, to um, expand my container for receiving money and not really sure what my next, my like next best step should be or um, like where to start. So for anyone who's listening, who's kind of like WTF, I'm broke AF. Um, I'm curious. I'm curious what you would tell them as like, okay, I hear you, I acknowledge you. And like, here's the, here's what I would tell you to do as like a first step to begin stepping in to living richly and attracting and receiving more money into their life. Hmm. Um, thanks for bringing that up. So for anyone who is resonating with that and like, that's me, um, you're not alone. One of the other really interesting things that I've, I've realized over the last couple of years, um, which I didn't speaking of money, like early on in business, I just assumed like people that are making millions of dollars in their business are making millions of dollars. Like they're taking that home. And, and I've really recognized that there's, there's a lot of people out there who are making a lot of money, but they aren't actually, they're still broke AF. So, um, you can be broke as fuck, no matter what situation you're in. And I mean that in a variety of different ways. So you're not alone. I see you. And here's, here's some things that you can do. So, and by the way, earlier this year, I felt broke. Like there was, there was aspects of myself um, after investing in this huge music festival that my husband and I are doing after buying a house and doing a huge investment on renovations. There was moments where I was like, I am broke. Like I do not feel rich right now at all. And, and so I had for the first time in my life, literally, that was the only time I've ever felt broke, which was recently while working on the living richly framework. And so I can, I can say that I have felt that way. And, and that's what I built the framework for. And so the first thing that I did, and you're more than welcome to give it a go, is look at where are you rich? Like, how can you tap into like what you do have? And just letting yourself feel and taste a little bit of that frequency of rich. So um, the first thing that you might want to do is making make a list of the things that actually make you feel rich. Is it like snuggling with your fluffy puppy? Is it holding and looking at a beautiful crystal? Is it going for a walk in nature? Is it cuddling with your partner? Is it having a great conversation with your best friend? Um, just really looking at what are the what are the true things in life? that do make you feel rich. And if you haven't been doing those lately, um, do the ones that you have access to as much as possible. Um, Because I guarantee you there's things that will make you feel rich that do not cost anything. 
and are available to you, whether it's going out in nature or spending time laughing with a good friend, maybe borrow someone else's baby or dog to cuddle. Like there's, there's things accessible to you and, and let yourself be really present as you're experiencing them and just really let yourself take it in. And alongside it, taking onto that is, is looking at where you can be more grateful. It's like, Oh, I, right now I'm, I'm feeling broke and I'm driving in my car that I have gas to put in. I have a phone um, that is playing music right now and I'm driving to a coffee shop where I know I'm going to buy coffee and I do have a home that is keeping me sheltered and safe where there's a bed. I have clothes. Like I have a friend at, at least a friend or a family member in my life whatever it is that is present and around you just take a moment to like look at what you do have versus focusing so much on what you don't have yet so that's the first thing because we have to we have to bring bring ourselves a sense of relief first before we can step into hope so if you can first get into like just that little bit of sense of relief where your nervous system is is calming down from there, you can start um, looking at some of the next pieces. And there's many different things that I could guide you towards and through. But one of the other ones that's been really present and fun for me to play with lately is, is remembering that everything that I want already exists. And the fact that I want it means that it's already in my reality. Like I'm already in alignment with it because it showed up as a desire. And, and so just living in the reality of the, the knowing and the trust that it is already done. And this, that part is, is typically the, the harder part of the process. And, and it's one that I have to like keep coming back to over and over again and continuously remind myself. It's like, Oh yeah, like, of course it's, it's already here. It's already happening. And uh, more, potentially advanced exercise that I really enjoy doing for, especially for those who would consider yourself also intuitive or, or that have access to this, which you all do, but it's just a matter of taking the, the space to do it. It's like, okay, if, if I am this person that already has everything that I want, stepping into that awareness and then asking that version of myself, what are the things that help me to get here? So I'm putting myself basically in the, in the alternate reality that I already have everything that I want. And I ask that version of myself, what were the things that I did to get here? And, and I listen. So I, I take the space to listen to those answers and I take action on them. So this is in part why I can get as much done in one hour as someone does in 10 hours is because I'm not taking all of the actions. I'm just taking that one clear action that I know is going to get the most results. Does that make sense, Jamie? I know it's a little potentially out there, but. No, I love that. And I think that that's like part of why you have the superpower of seeing the simplest way forward for people and helping them embrace ease is because you have this ability to zero in on like what the most powerful activity actually is <laughs> instead of like all the things, right? 
Yes. Yeah. There's as a creative, as a business owner, as a human, there's always going to be literally an infinite amount of action steps that you could take a million things that you could have on your to-do list. It never ends. So I think it's really important to be discerning and to really distill like and clear out all the things that you don't need to be doing and that aren't really important or aren't what you really want to be doing. And that also is a really big quality of living richly is just really focusing on the things that you want to be doing that you're great at that are in your zone of genius that are important to you that are your values and clearing away everything else. I love that. So I have uh, one final question for you before we wrap up our interview. And this is a question that I ask everyone who comes on the show. So I'm putting you on the spot a little bit, but I do it to everyone. So don't feel, <laughs> <laughs> don't feel like I'm just out to get you or anything. Um, and the question is, if you had $5 million just magically deposited into your bank account, um, totally tax-free. It's just a gift. Like think of it as a gift from the universe. It's just some unnamed benefactor who decided Alison Braun really needs this fi these $5 million. Like she really needs it. I'm going to give it to her. No strings attached. No, like just after taxes, 5 million. What would you do with that money? I appreciate the after taxes. Uh, <laughs> that's a really nice add on. Um, I would, uh, the first thing that comes to mind is, I've been sitting with this a lot lately, so I'm just like really making sure, really making sure that this is what I would do. Um, I would buy a retreat property that my, my mastermind clients, my VIP day clients, my friends could come and we could have an amazing time together whether it's just to retreat or it's to mastermind together, brainstorm together, have fun together with our families. Um, that's been on my heart for some time. So that would be one big thing. Uh, the other thing is I would probably pay my mortgage because I'm practical like that. So I would just clear off my mortgage and probably my parents as well. They live three houses down, by the way, so that's fun. So I'd pay off our mortgage because I like debt-free living. And on a really fun level, um, my husband really wants uh, a muscle car, so we get probably a 67 Chevelle. And, and then from there, I would build out my team just a little bit more. And a lot of it would get given away. I'm trying to think of a couple of the causes that feel a little bit more present for me right now. And there's a couple things locally that I would like to contribute to that feel really good. And I don't know if that adds up to a million dollars, but there'd definitely be some more traveling in there. Right now, Morocco, Marrakesh in particular and Greece feel really present and I want to go with my best friends like Jamie Jensen have a great time continue receiving next level energetic support business support personal support 
massages and all the things that I'm already doing you might just get ramped up even more. And there's, a, there's probably a few other things in there, but I'll leave it at that for now. I'm so glad I got a mention because when you said traveling and you listed your locations, I was like, oh, is she taking me on one of these trips? I hope so. <laughs> Damn right. <laughs> so, so grateful for the personal shout out in, in your money allocation. Um, what continues to... Uh, what continues to impress me is how much like there, I, there's no one, there's no guest who doesn't have a give back. You know what I mean? Like there's just no one who's like, if I had that much money, I have like these five things I'd want for myself or these three things I'd want for myself. Uh, but then after that, like I'd be giving a lot of it away. Mm. Yeah. Yeah. Because we can. I mean, we have the more money that we make, the more we can give. It is so beautiful, and it's so important to remember that that is uh, that that is one of the big benefits of having is being able to give more. You know, truly, yeah. Ooh, yeah. Mm. So, mm, Allison, this has been so incredibly fun. Can you please tell us, like? Where should, where should we stalk you? Where should we find you? Where should we sign up to learn more about you and your Living With Truly framework? And I know that you have, um, yeah, just a lot of amazing offers, fun experiences. I know that there's this amazing open for business thing. Like it's a, I don't even know what to call it, but it's incredible and I'm recommending it to everyone constantly. So... <laughs> <laughs> Hopefully it's still free when, when this episode goes live because I think it's so great. Um, it may yeah. be. It very well may not be, but we'll go with it anyways. Um, yeah. I, do, I do welcome loving stalking, so feel free to lovingly stalk me <laughs> at um, my website, which is Allison with two L's, brawn.com. Um, there's many articles from the last seven years of writing on the blog there. Um, you can find out more about the business pleasure map and clarity to clients and um, the rich mentorship program there. And then I love, love, love to actually connect with people. Do not hesitate from messaging me and saying hello on Facebook. Um, my Facebook link is facebook.com forward slash Allison Braun, the joyologist that hasn't changed. So that's still there. And that right now is where you'll find the open for business technique video. It's on there on my business Facebook page. Um, so if you, if you search for that, you should sign, find it. But if you want to write it down, if that's something that you're like, Ooh, I want to make sure that I listen to what Jamie says and find this it's bit.ly forward slash open for biz bid. And just really quickly, that is a really, really potent um, exercise that's going to guide you to basically anything that's stopping the flow of money and clients in your life and business. It's, it really probably won't be free for very long. I've had hundreds of people go through it and it's probably one of the favorite things um, that I've offered ever. Um, and then the other... 
pure magic. And FYI, I'm going to make sure that these links are in the show notes as well. So you guys will be able to go and like binge on all the things after listening to the episode. So do not fret if you're trying to rapidly jot down these links. I will make sure that you have easy access to them too. Oh, thanks, Jamie. That's great. And on that Facebook page is also where the Living Richly Lounge Candid combos are. You'll be able to find Jamie's there as well as a lot of other powerful women, amazing women um, in our conversations. And the very last thing that I'll share with you since we are talking about money today is the um, Money Ease Guide. It's a really, really beautiful resource to support you with money specifically. And you can find that at bit.ly forward slash soul money. Love it. Allison, thank you so much. Thank you, Jamie. Thanks for the great conversation. And thanks everyone for listening. Thank you so much for listening to today's episode of Creators Making Money, but don't go anywhere without subscribing. If you liked today's episode, you're going to love our after party because remember, after the show, it's the after party. Remember, we do a weekly after party on Facebook Live every Wednesday at 12 p.m. Pacific, 3 p.m. Eastern, and this week, literally today, I will be jamming there live with Allison on special actionable takeaways for you from today's episode. Episode. So make sure to go to creativesmakingmoney.com slash after party to hop on to our Facebook live where you can ask any questions and just come hang with us and get some juicy, juicy takeaways. Also want to remind you that if you are looking to connect with more listeners and like-minded creatives, you totally can. I even have a group for that. So part of the purpose of this podcast is to create conversation. My biggest hope is that you continue that convo in our private online Facebook lounge. You can head to creativesmakingmoney.com group to join the free group. And as always, you can also find important links and details from, from today's episode in the show notes, which are available at creativesmakingmoney.com slash Allison B. Again, that's creativesmakingmoney.com slash Allison B. That's Allison with two L's. And don't hesitate to head over there now. Plus, never forget to create like you mean it.